0: Who Gets to Decide, a Liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and always happy you are listening in uh, episode 311 from a couple of days ago uh, we played a lot of uh, of an interview between Tom Woods and Scott Horton. It was mostly Scott Horton talking um, but he he touched on something that I thought was interesting uh, it was kind of it was kind of secondary in his discussion around uh, the Russia hoax uh, but what he was talking about is how these conspiracy theories, there's a, there's like an element of truth. Um, but then there's also, there's just this barrage of, of things that seem to be true, but when you dig into them, they're not true at all. And there's so many of them, you know, there's just a one right after the other, a barrage of these things that, you know, could be true. But there's nothing to them and and when people go to defend these stories they they do a lot of you know yeah but what about this you know so you debunk one and and then and they go to the next one yeah but what about what about this one you know and I'm gonna play an example here in a minute from Scott Horton but um, what's interesting about this is the people that are that are uh, usually um, associated with this type of thing are people like Alex Jones uh, or, or people that are pushing the QAnon cons- quote-unquote conspiracy. And what I, what I was trying to make the case of in, three, in episode 311 is it's actually the government. <laughs> the government is, is one of the, the major uh, purveyors of this misinformation. And, um, I mean, you, 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 saw it with this whole Donald, Donald Trump deal. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to play a little bit of Scott Horton because he talks about where all this came from. And this, this started with the Twitter files, this knowledge started with the Twitter files. And then, um, the government got sued for some information and Matt Taibbi and, Michael Schellenberger and some other people have been digging into it even deeper, Glenn Greenwald. And it turns out there's like 50 or 100 NGOs that are involved in this quote-unquote deciding what's misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. And I wanted to, I wanted to go back over this because this is such a big problem in our society now. And it was all created by the government, and a lot of people don't realize how this happened, you know? They think that uh, that people on social media were just saying untrue things, and the government had to respond by creating these misinformation boards. No, 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 that's not how it happened at all. And we're gonna listen to Scott Horton talk about how it happened, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, but there's, there's a, an element that I wanna dig in. Once I give you the background, I want to dig in a little deeper on on kind of how they're using this against people that are trying to report on very serious things. You know, we talked about this new movie out that Jim Caviezel um, has uh, produced. It's based on a true story about this guy named Tim Ballard who used to work for the DEA and quit the DEA to uh, he had stumbled onto this uh, child trafficking stuff or he'd he'd actually been working for the DEA to combat child trafficking and they were getting people online and you know, stuff like that and arresting pedophiles and doing things like that, but they never really saved any children. And so he started kind of digging a little deeper and tried some stuff and you'll just have to go see the movie. It's, it's really, it's really a good story. It's a heart wrenching story, but it's a, it's, it's based on a true story and there's a lot of people that didn't want to see that movie made for whatever, made or released. Um, and so there's just a lot of forces at work. It's really hard to, to know what is true, um, but man, I think the more we scratch on this thing, the more we find out that the government is actually behind it.
1: And Matt Heidi, I'm begging people to go and subscribe to this guy's racket dot com news racket news it's called matt taibbi is a hero of our age for his journalism on these twitter files and he's got a bunch of great journalists working with him now they just released a piece last week we ran as the spotlight on antiwar.com and it's 50 major organizations that you need to understand it's Oh, it's just insane tom a homework assignment you never wanted this massive list of these so-called non-governmental organizations i forgot who coined the phrase next to government organizations but i like it i'm not taking credit for that but that's basically what they are and their role in this entire censorship regime it is a massive censorship industrial complex completely wedded to the government and to these agencies all on the subject of what we're allowed to say and not allowed to say and how to control all the technology to control us and all these things. And how it started, of course, you know me, I gotta go back to roots. W. Bush gave Baghdad to the Shiites. So then Obama had to try to take Damascus away from them. So how did he do that? He backed Al Qaeda in Syria. And then that turned into the Islamic State Caliphate that invaded and conquered all of Western Iraq. Oops, so then they had to launch Iraq War Three again on behalf of the Shiites to destroy the Sunni Caliphate that they had built to spite the Shiites because they were mad at them for fighting Iraq War II for them. Well, during all of this, they had to create the anti-radicalization network of how do you get young Muslims, particularly in Europe, and tell them things that make them not mad about all the bombs that we're dropping over there so that they don't join up the war on the other side that can be turned against us when we're not using it against Assad, as we saw with multiple atrocities by ISIS, especially in Europe, and a couple inspired by ISIS here in the United States during the Obama years. So they had a real crisis. So they came up with all of this miss and dis and malinformation and this and that complex all grew up to try to stem, just like trying to solve the immigration crisis they caused in Europe, right? They're just trying to figure out how to ameliorate the consequences of the terrible crisis that they'd caused. Well then, after the ISIS thing more or less died down, all these people had to either figure out how to get the government to censor something else, or they're gonna have to get real jobs. And so then the next big issue was Russian interference, sowing discord in our democracy. And someone says a thing that sounds like something that the Russians would possibly agree with, then that's Russian mis and dis and malinformation. and we got a whole thing about why you should pay us hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in contracts to help you figure out who's allowed to say what all the time. And then they do this. These massive institutions, a lot of times connected to universities, they're almost uniformly, I believe, nonprofit organizations, but cashing in on huge contracts. I know that was a long clip, but I wanted to give you the background of what I
0: was talking about that, you know, this misinformation, you know, we've never heard of this before in, in the American lexicon. You know, I mean, I've been on this earth now for 56 years and I've never heard anybody talk about misinformation and disinformation and malinformation. There's just information, there's just news. Um, and so this was all created. Um, and he gives you the long history of it. You know, the debacle after debacle in Iraq, you know, a lot of people do not even realize that. You know, when we overthrew, the Sunnis were a minority in Iraq. And when we overthrew uh, Saddam Hussein, we overthrew the Sunnis and the Shiites took over Iraq, right? Well, the Shiites are like kinship to Iran. Iran is Shiite. And so once we did that, This is the oops moment in the Bush administration where they went, oops, uh, we didn't realize what we had done, you know, which is kind of crazy that if you overthrow, you know, there's two types of Muslims over there. There's Shiites and there's Sunnis. And if you overthrow uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, who's a Sunni, it stands to reason that the Shiites would fill that vacuum. But Apparently that was an oops moment for the Bush Bush administration. So then we sided with Al-Qaeda to fight against the Shiites to put the Sunnis back in power. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. But the point of all that is just to let you know where all this misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation thing came from. But this is very, you know, fast forward to today or fast forward to COVID, you know, we couldn't quite cut through during COVID, like what the truth was, right? It made it all very difficult. And, you know, you've got uh, these 50 or so organizations, these next to government organizations. And this is what I'm always talking about. You know, without the Federal Reserve, I know you're probably tired of me saying this, but without the Federal Reserve, these organizations don't exist, you just don't fund organizations like this with hundreds of millions of dollars with money that you need to use for investment and things like that. But there are rich people where money is very easy to get, you know, easy to come by. And it's easy for them to manipulate things. And they've, they've figured out a way to make profit, I guess, from all this. So, you know, get rid of the Fed and all this crap goes away. But this was a huge problem during COVID. You know, we really couldn't get through to anything and people were losing their accounts. And of course, with the Twitter files, we found out that the government was was leaning heavily, you know, FBI and different agent, three-letter agencies were leaning heavily on Twitter to uh, uh, close people's accounts and all kinds of stuff. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because there's another thing that has come about as a result of these of these groups and and declaring things misinformation and disinformation and that is the whole realm of conspiracy theory now we've always had conspiracy theories um, you know the conspiracy theory around uh, jfk's assassination is a real famous one but notice how more frequent conspiracy theories are you almost on a daily basis, you have people talking about these things on major news network media. And that's a new thing. This is a brand new thing. And, uh, and the, the reason I wanted to bring this up, and I'm going to play another clip here in a minute, is you've got people just kind of discounting things with conspiracy theory right away. And they don't really... You know, they don't really address any of the points. They just kind of dismiss it. And what you'll find in these conspiracy theories is there's, it, you know, at least a kernel of truth. And we're going to hear a guy named Mike Rothschild talk about this. But it, it's, it's, a way, it's, it's a way that they don't have to address these things. They just mention it as a pejorative and then move on. And I've played on this program for you before. We're going to talk. We're going to get into this child trafficking stuff here in a second. But I've played reports on this program from Lara Logan, and Lara Logan is is like Glenn Greenwald. She's a very reputable investigative reporter, and she's talking about uh, these really um, uh, powerful people, powerful and connected people that are involved in this trafficking. And then all of a sudden, you have this movie come out, "Sound of Freedom," and there's just all kinds of negative stuff going on around it. In fact, you need to go see "Sound of Freedom." It's a really, it's it's a depressing story, but it's it's based on a true story. And to me, it's probably just the tip of the I- iceberg. There's much more going on around this tra- child trafficking, and there's probably a good chance that there is some satanic activity or some you know something that we would all just find very appalling you know these these things like the pizza gate and you know emails that we got from john podesta's email uh when the dnc was hacked all that kind of stuff that's the kernel of truth that's in there and um and then you kind of marry it with this child trafficking and some of these other things and you've got a you've got Potentially something very evil going on um, on a global scale. You got Jeffrey Epstein uh, and his involvement in all this. Uh, the fact that nobody knows how he really made his money, but all of a sudden he's very, very wealthy, and he's supposedly got dirt on all these powerful people. What kind of dirt? Well, probably he's got video. You know, I mean, I don't know. This is this is part of the problem. You know the, the, the videos were found in his safe, but no, you know the FBI never released them. There's never any talk about them. They were just buried. So there's something going on here, but it's it's really hard to put your finger on it. And it's just interesting how quickly people dismiss any kind of conversation about this subject.
1: The term conspiracy theory is so unfairly abused. And I understand that way of thinking, and I've been around a lot of kooks in my life too. And there are alternative culture kooks of the right and the left, and there are very mainstream ones. And there really is such a thing as this closed loop, circular reasoning, conspiracy thinking. And you can pick on 9-11 truthers who are right about some things, or you can pick on whatever kind you want. I prefer to pick on the powerful truthers.
0: So I, I agree with Scott Horton here. I think it's, I think it's more important uh, to pick on uh, the powerful, the conspiracy theories within the powerful regime. Um, I, I don't think it's productive to really dig deep into Alex Jones or any of his stuff. Although, look, there's a lot of things that Alex Jones said like ten years ago that have turned out to be true. It it just is, you know. But he he kind of lost all credibility uh, with that massacre, you know. And he was saying it was a uh, you know government psyop or whatever he said. But uh, but there there is something to the fact that conspiracy theories are real, not not just on the kook side like he said, but also within the government. The government is fabricating. A narrative, uh, you know, a manufactured narrative, to try to fill in pieces of a puzzle that doesn't really exist, but it wants you to believe that it exists. And we're, now we're going to jump back to the Russia hoax thing because I want you to, I want you to see the example of it, how he lays it out, and then we're going to jump back into the child trafficking thing. So I know this is. I'm jumping around a lot, but I but I want to I want I want him to kind of explain what this how they use this kernel of truth and and this barrage of quote unquote facts that when you dig into there's nothing there, but taken in its totality, you know Trump could be a traitor, for example, and um, it, it, this is just what's ha- this is what's happening, and in and people. Uh, can't get through to the truth, and when they try to, you lose your account or you get labeled misinformation or whatever. This is part of what Matt Taibbi and these and Michael Schellenberger uncovered with the Twitter files. Is that this is all a big deal to keep us confused and keep us uh, in the dark about what's going on? So it's it's not a big leap to say that Jeffrey Epstein, child trafficking, and all this stuff. Is, is related uh, somehow to these powerful people.
1: This Russiagate thing is pure conspiracy theory. And of course, they spent years saying that you're a conspiracy theorist if you don't believe in it, right? Oh, conspiracy theorists would have you believe that the FBI and the CIA just made all this up, right? But what was it that they actually had? It was just like the case against Saddam Hussein. It's 10 times zero, still equals zero. They can make claim after claim after claim, but it's just not true. It adds up all to nothing. So in this case, you have Papadopoulos and you have Page and you have Sessions and you have, of course, Mike Flynn and you have the Alpha Bank and the Yada phones and you have all of these and goes on and on and on. The hacking of C-SPAN and Mike Flynn supposedly... Being seduced by this Russian spy. And of course, all of the Facebook and Twitter ads, none of it, none of it was true. None of it. This is all just pure lies. But if you believe in it, like say you're some lady that listens to NPR News in the afternoon on the way home from work, and you buy into all of this stuff then it all makes sense, it all fits together. See, Trump is compromised, they got this P tape on him, and they got him all blackmailed, and so now he's got to work with them to make sure to rig the election, and so they send Michael Cohen, his lawyer to Prague, to arrange to pay off the hackers, and then they, Paul Manafort and Carter Page, give him his secret instructions, and they secretly communicate by way of the Alpha Bank server, see all this? It's total just trutherism. It is in the worst way. It's just total retardation. The whole thing is completely stupid. You have to believe it. You have to believe in each little bit of it for it all to hold up. But once you actually look at any piece of it in depth, you know, one of them was the pretty redheaded gun rights activist Maria Butina. Aha. See, she came in and she seduced this guy, Paul Erickson, I believe it was, and made him change the Republican Party platform. No, she didn't. She was here to try to learn how to legalize guns in Russia, to copy us, right? And she had palled around with all kinds of Republicans, and everybody knew who she was. And she had a thing with this guy Ericsson. They had a personal relationship, not some spy swallow type thing. And they just lied and called her a swallow, called her, you know, a honeypot for this guy, locked her in solitary confinement where she couldn't defend herself and acted like she was, remember Anna Chapman, the pretty redheaded spy from a few years ago who really was a spy? They acted like Boutina was part of that. And it's just another one. Look at this deluge of accusations, like Saddam Hussein's giant human shredder and all his chemical weapons and all of his things. How can you deny it when the lies don't stop coming? They must be coming from somewhere. Yeah, they're coming from the lie factory where they come up with these things. So it really is pure circular kind of trutherism. And as you say, just like with, and I hate to pick on 9-11 truthers but there's a lot of stupidity in 9-11 trutherism, never mind the good parts. But if you debunk some of their things, then they just go, okay, well, but what about this? But what about this? But and just switch to the next thing, <laughs> you know, because it's got to somehow, something is holding this thing up. Otherwise, why would they believe it? And that's completely the case with Russiagate. Yeah, I've
0: experienced this myself, where people go, "Yeah, but what about what about Carter Page, or what about Papadopoulos and what he did, and and what about what about Mike Flynn? You know, Mike Flynn got prosecuted; he was convicted of lying. <laughs> okay, you know, people are always convicted of lying uh, when they talk to the FBI. That's why you should never talk to them. But there is a lot of that. What about what about this and what about that? And 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 what he's saying is there's so much there's so much misinformation coming out of the lie factory that you're constantly on your heels when you're trying to poke holes in this stuff. And you do get a lot of that. What about this? What about that? And, and you know, it, it makes, it makes it truly look like you're the conspiracy theorist, but but it's, I believe it. That that's the intended effect. I mean, I think that's what the purpose of it is. The purpose of it is is to make you look like the crazy person, and the government can't be crazy. I mean, we have all these wise overlords that work in there, and they uh, they couldn't possibly keep hold a conspiracy together like this. You know, whatever the justification, and but they if you think about it, they don't really have to based on what what, uh, Cart, what uh, Scott Horton is saying here, he's like, they just keep having more stuff come out, you know? Some unnamed source in the uh, Department of Justice has told us about this thing on Trump, or that thing on Trump, um, or this thing on QAnon, and Pizzagate's all false, and none of that was true, and, you know, these... And so you hear that, and and all of a sudden... The whole story is kind of fragmented. It's it's hard to put together. Nobody's really investigating it, and you just look like a crazy person for even for even bringing it up. So I, this is this is the state of trying to figure out what's going on in our government. This is where we are, it, it, and it's very depressing. We have this, we have uh, these beautiful, you know, first ten amendments to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. And literally they're being trampled on daily and there's nothing we can do about it. We don't have a media that's interested in, uh, in, in, in being the vanguard of those rights. We, uh, we can't seem to put anything together because, um, everything's being obscured by these agencies. Uh, they're just flat out telling, uh, Senate intelligence, uh, committee people, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That's an ongoing investigation. And then when the investigation's over, they they say, well, the you know nobody went to no, there were no uh, uh, there was no recommendation for any prosecutions, you know. So then the media says, see, there was nothing going on there. Nobody got prosecuted. That stuff you're saying, Seth, that's all crazy. There was nothing that happened there. The predicate for the whole Russia hoax was legitimate. See, Durham said so. He didn't prosecute anybody. He didn't recommend prosecuting anybody. So see, that that was just a big nothing burger. And this is the way it goes, on and on and on and on. And you just can't get to the bottom of it. And um, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to turn out. But I want to switch back to the child trafficking thing because I think that's another one in there that they're trying to hide. There's something going on there. We haven't seen anything. We haven't heard anything about Epstein. He just dies and his girlfriend gets prosecuted and that's the end of it. They tied it off and there's, there's nothing else to see on that one. Uh, even though when they raided his house, that Island house, uh, I mean, I saw pictures. I don't know what was on these DVDs, but there were Hundreds of DVDs in a safe. We never heard about what was on them. Nothing. No prosecutions there. Just nothing to see. And uh, and then all of a sudden now you've got Jim Caviezel out with this this film, Sound of Freedom, and people are losing their minds that this movie's out there. Uh, it's not on. It's not on the media like Russia Gate is or anything like that. But you can tell. That this movie has touched a nerve, and that people don't like it, and there's something being obscured there. And you, like I said, you got reputable people like Lara Logan uh, reporting on this. You got Jim Caviezel, who I think is very credible, and this guy Tim Ballard, who's a an ex uh, DEA agent, and they're talking about, uh, you know, these pleasure palaces that exist. In the world and and girls are trafficked to these places and wealthy men come in there and just have their way with these girls you know and some of these girls are very very young I mean they start them when they're like seven years old now think about that you got a seven-year-old daughter can you imagine your seven-year-old daughter being forced to have sex with old nasty men that are wealthy that can can buy off that kind of secrecy I mean that's that's the kind of thing that's potentially going on here, and uh, it's it's disgusting. It's 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 um, I don't know if we're if our government is really involved in this. It, it's 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 going to be very bad. I mean I I don't know how you ever get to the bottom of it. I mean maybe it doesn't get bad because you never get to the bottom of it. But man, there is something there because there's just too much recoil from this movie, its producers, and so on and so forth. So I want to play this quick clip, clip Excuse me, from CNN real quick. And this guy, Mike Rothschild, he talks about the same thing Scott Horton's talking about. Yeah, there's this kernel of truth in there, but then people take it to the next level and you know blow it all out of proportion, and so on and so forth. And I, I just think it's interesting. And they bring up QAnon. I guess QAnon is kind of tied in with like Pizzagate and... This satanic activity with children. And I don't know much about QAnon. I follow stuff pretty closely and I never even heard about QAnon until I saw it on some documentary, um, that, that was on Netflix. And I follow this stuff very carefully. So I don't either QAnon's not that big a deal or, um, I don't know. There's just something about me not knowing about it that just makes me think that it's not what it's not what some of these people are saying it is. But whatever, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm talking about child trafficking and and this some of this crazy activity that's going on around children. Um, you know, organ harvesting, something called adrenochrome, which you know has to do with you know scaring a little kid to the point where they almost die and their adrenaline is pumping so hard and they somehow harvest it and this is like the new hot drug i mean this is really sick shit that's going on and there's there's some truth to it but you can't get you can't get too much further than that and you seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that, that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that.
2: No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon, but claim they don't know what it is.
0: And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, But that theme, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, Tell us how
2: those two things work together. Sure, and the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false, but the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real, we know it has real victims, no one is denying that, but these films are created out of moral panics, they're created out of bogus statistics, they're created out of fear, and with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites, and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel, and by extension, only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie, you're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these these pedophile rings and save children. Now, it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's very warm feeling to have
0: this guy talking his name is mike rothschild and i have no idea what his credentials are and he's being taught he's being uh he's being questioned uh on cnn and this is a cnn reporter asking him uh or not really a reporter but a cnn uh employee who's on tv that's the way i like to refer to him but he talks about the same thing that Scott Horton does. He's just talking about it from the other side. He's talking about it that, ah, oh, this stuff's not true. They embellish. Look, The Sound of Freedom is a true story. And there there really are uh, rich people, at least in The Sound of Freedom. They, they, they Now, these aren't known people. These aren't people like Bill Gates or anything like that. Although Bill Gates could very well be involved, I don't know. I have no idea. But there's nobody named like that in the movie. You just have some powerful people that, you know, are... Let's put it this way. The people that are trafficking the kids uh, are told, hey, we got this rich guy that wants to build a pleasure palace here in Columbia. And they're all about it, right? So this is not an entirely implausible um, kind of scenario. So they, they get involved and they go round up 50 kids to, to help, you know, kind of create this, this pleasure palace. And so, you know, why would they do that if, if they didn't think there was a market for that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there, there's, there's clearly, uh, some, some, there's some there, there, let's put it that way. And, uh, and this guy brings up QAnon. Now, I, I, I've seen a couple of different interviews with Jim Caviezel, and I haven't really heard him talk about QAnon. But I have heard, like, Lara Logan, who I think is a very reputable reporter, talk about some of the satanic activities that they're talking about with children. And, and also, it's very clear in the movie that, that uh, some of these children start very young, um, and it's, it's boys and girls, it's mostly girls, but it's boys and girls. And, you know, that's just, uh, that's a really kind of a sick thing to, to ponder. And I hope somehow that we get to the bottom of it. And I, I don't think Jim Caviezel made uh, sound of freedom to, uh, to sell tickets to people so they could feel like they're bringing down, you know, some sex trafficking ring I think what he did, he made the movie to create awareness. This happens all the time. People make movies all the time to create awareness about certain things. And so I think that's all that's happened on his end. He's not really saying, hey, you need to go buy tickets so you know our group can make a lot of money and so we can go bring down this sex trafficking ring. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, hey, go see this movie because you need to know that this is happening in the world. And you need to know that on some level, our government is participating in it. There's, well, last I heard, there's roughly 85,000 children missing from just the last year and a half or so of all this mass flood of the border. So, you know, maybe I'm just making this up. I don't really know, but maybe the whole border crisis is there to obscure this whole child trafficking thing. Maybe that's why we're letting people flood across the border. So these little kids get lost in the in the mix. I don't know. But um, there's something going on there. All right. Well, look, that's my conspiracy theory for the day. I um, hope you enjoyed that topic. You know, think about it. Look, do, Look into it yourself. Go see the movie see what you can come up with. You know, um, I think there's something there. I think it's disgusting and deplorable and depraved. And I'll be the first to admit if, if none of it ends up being true, I'll be the first to say I was wrong and that I'm glad it's not true. And I'm glad the U.S. government is not involved in that. Um, but, there sure are a lot of people turning a blind eye. There's a lot of non-investigatory work going on around this subject, and there's reasons to investigate. There's reasons to look into it, and um, there's just not. I mean, um, I read something just the other day that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen made a film about this subject, uh, about a like a, one of these pleasure palace things being created in las vegas made a film about it decided not to produce it because it was just too disgusting and flat and inflammatory turned it over to the fbi and this is a couple years ago and the fbi hasn't done anything with it why i mean why not i mean again you know the fbi the government i mean you know they're actually uh promoting and serving injustice not justice and i don't know man you uh some of you are not going to want to hear this uh so maybe stick your fingers in your ear but i you know i love america we have a great country we have we have good people in this country but our government it's rotten to the core it, the justice system there is no more justice system we have a we have a horrible depraved evil government